Welcome to the True Girl Momcast, where we'll learn a lot, laugh a lot, and have biblical conversation about raising daughters. Because the struggle is real. But guess what? You, my friend, are not alone. I'm one of your hosts, Shani McKenzie. Today, you're going to hear from just Dana Gresh and Janet Mylan. And in this episode, Janet and Dana will talk about the secret to cultivating obedience in your daughter. And you'll discover why I was missing in action. Think speeding around the country in a tour bus. You'll learn who has a heavier foot, Dana or Janet. And you'll be captivated by Janet's encounter with a policeman who aspires to be a motivational speaker. Let's dive in. Okay, so let's talk about obedience. It, it kind of, when I think about obedience, it seems appropriate to me that we would talk about speeding tickets. <laughs> so do you have any good speeding ticket stories, Janet? Um, first of all, it's not fair that Shani's not here today <laughs> since she's out with the True Girl Pajama Party Tour right now. Hopefully she's not getting a ticket. Yeah, so hopefully Shani's not getting a ticket in the tour bus for sure. I'm not even sure that's possible. Can buses even go that fast? I don't know. Well, we ha- not ours because we have a thing on it. What's that thing called? A governor? Uh, yes, one of those. Uh huh. Right. Just like we have for our states. Right. Sometimes they work. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> but so Shani's not even here. And this, Dana, is the question you're asking, the incriminating question you ask when I'm the only other person who can answer it. Thanks, yeah. thanks a lot. <laughs> you're That's welcome. I, yeah. I love you, Janet. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, I do actually have a pretty decent speeding ticket story. I feel like speeding ticket stories and snake stories open like hours of conversation. Everyone has stories for both, maybe. But one time I was driving to work and I worked in a hair a hair salon at the time and it was in the morning and I was running late as per usual for that time in my life. And I was going, you know, it was like a 25 mile per hour road. So it's real hard to do that anyway. And then I was also late. So the guy pulled me over. He was very, a very kind policeman. And he's, he's just being very, like, slow and casual about it, which I'm late for work, so I'm a little bit like, can we just give me the ticket and move on? I didn't say that, but that's what I was thinking. And he goes, he's, he's like, you know, you're going this fast in this zone. I, I have to give you a ticket. You know, I just have to do this. He I can't let to. you. He has to do it. And I said, <laughs> okay, you know, I get it. I totally understand. I deserve it, you know. And then he goes, <laughs> he goes, you know, you're not a bad person because you got a speeding ticket. <laughs> I just looked at him and I said, yeah, I know. Thank you. <laughs> and he was like apologizing when he gave it to me. Like, I'm really sorry. I oh, hope you have a good day. Maybe it was and his first one. <laughs> I don't know. But I was like, you're, you're not a bad person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, self-help we policeman. Want, we want you to know if you're listening and you just got a speeding ticket. You're not a bad person. You're not a bad person. Mm -mm. (laughs) But Dana, you don't just to get to throw me under the bus today. You also, I am, I am going to say I would bet big money that you have more speeding ticket (laughs) stories than I do. (laughs) I have a handful of them. There's some really funny ones in the Gresh archives, but the one I'm thinking of was when I got stopped for drunk driving. <laughs> and this podcast has just taken a direct turn into a different direction. I am not a drinker, so that's what makes this even funnier. But I, my dad had just bought me a new car, and I listen. I was like a forty-something-year-old woman. It was this extravagant gift that my dad got me, and I didn't quite know how all the buttons worked yet. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I was with Sarah Jones, a friend, mutual friend of ours, traveling to a speaking engagement. I think it was in Washington, D.C. area. And I got pulled over right after we ate dinner on the way to the event. And what he asked me was, have you ladies been out to eat? And I said, well, yes. And we were all giddy and having fun, you know, like you do when you're on the way to a women's retreat. And he's like, what did you drink? And I giggled because I thought that was such a crazy question. And I said, well, iced tea. And he was like, well, what kind of iced tea? I'm like, the best kind of iced tea. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I have no idea me? what you trail no he's idea. going on. And then he said, where are you going to? And I said, um, to, to church. And we're being silly, right? And he he's like, which church? I could not remember the name of the church because we go to so many churches, right? You're so like the best kind I'm of church. Like the one in the GPS. Um and finally, he realizes I'm not drunk, and says, "Well, your lights are not on." It was, it was the, it was like dark, dark. It was like in the winter, so it was like six o'clock at night and dark, dark. And I thought my my new car had automatic headlights, like my old car, and it didn't, or I didn't have it set to automatic. Right. So it was pretty funny. <laughs> I got pulled over for drunk driving. It was my opening story uh, that night when I when I taught. So no speeding. Though. I'm sure it was. You know, God provides those funny openers for us yeah. on the way to events sometimes. But mm -hmm. you know what I'm really hoping doesn't happen. I'm hoping someone doesn't listen to this and take out that sound bite of you saying I got pulled over for drunk driving, <laughs> yeah. and then yes. it's just all over everywhere. Dan Gresh pulled over for drunk driving. Please don't do that. <laughs> Please don't do that. Well, here's why we're talking about speeding tickets. We have a serious obedience problem in the body of Christ. And I guess it's not really a surprise because, well, isn't all sin really disobedience at mm -hmm. its core? But it's so common that we overlook how big of a deal it is. And it shows up in little things like obeying the speed limit, which right. isn't always a little thing. But And our girls are not immune to this. Let's admit it. Those perfect, sweet, beautiful girls <laughs> are struggling with obedience. Yep. And here's why it matters. We think disobedience is one reason why young adults are walking away from the church. Yep. Like they don't want to submit to and obey the truth of God. I feel like we get letters like that sometimes at oh, True yeah. Girl. All the time. Well, and one of the things that comes to my mind right away is the number of people who want Jesus to be their fire insurance for heaven and hell, but they do not want him to have anything to do with their sex lives, their gender, their their sexuality. And that's really prevalent among that 20 and 30 something year old crowd. Right. You know, I just saw someone post a biblical teacher post about marital sex and the blessing of it this week. And some of the comments were like, it's a great idea, but that's not happening. Oh, like wow. it's impossible. Too bad it's impossible to mm. wait. And so I, I think we're seeing that. Um, now, lots of things contribute to this departure from the faith that we're seeing in the younger generation. But we're wondering, is it in part because they don't obey for the right reasons. Like they never understood why obedience matters. And Dana, I have to tell you, I feel like as I'm um, my, from my own experience and people that I've listened to and heard, that's a big reason people were hurt by some of the messages of the purity movement mm -hmm. movement that happened when I was a teenager. They, they only said like, don't do it. Right. But without telling us the beautiful why behind it. Yeah. And actually, that's why I entered into the conversation of the purity movement in the year 2000 when I wrote my first book in The Bride Wore White. It was because I was deeply hurt by the way 
the messages were being set forth. And because there wasn't room for someone like me who had messed up, you know, I couldn't, in good honesty, sign one of those purity pledges. It caused a lot of pain in my heart and life. But what's happening today, rather than people entering into the conversation, okay, how can we make this a better conversation? Why are you telling us to wait? You know, what is God's intention behind this? We're just kind of throwing the baby out with the bathwater a lot of times. Yeah. And we're guilty of this too. Like take the speeding ticket, for instance. Do we stay under the speed limit out of willful submission? Or do we slam on the brakes when we see the cop car over the horizon? Um, Can I not make eye contact with you right now? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I want to have this thing that says, you know, I just want a little disclaimer. Just because you go 10 miles under the speed limit when you see a police car, it doesn't negate all the, you know, miles you went over the speed limit until you saw the the police car. (laughs) Exactly. They don't like average it out. Right. Mm -mm. It's not. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. So do we obey the law because it's right or do we do it just to stay out of trouble? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we're slamming on the brakes when we have to just so we don't get caught. Yeah. Right? That's human nature, maybe. So our daughters are watching and right. they do what we do. Yep. The daughters are doing the same thing. What I'm saying is we have a warped view of obedience rather than having a heart for obedience because we understand why it matters. So let's just say it outright. Teaching our girls to want to obey us and God is far more important than teaching them to look like they are obeying. Yeah, that is the heart right there. We don't want just the fruit to look good. We want the root of their belief system to be healthy. That's right. So Dana, I have a feeling you're coming in hot, just like a fajita (laughs) with a teaching on obedience today for a scriptural snack. Okay. This isn't just a hot fajita. It's like a sizzling fajita, you know, the kind you get on the skillet. So here's our our scriptural snack. So speaking of speed limits and um, observing them, do you know why the Titanic sunk? Well, if my memory of Leo DiCaprio's blockbuster hit serves me correctly, it was because it was it was going too fast. Exactly. I'm sure that that hit was absolutely accurate. It was going 22 knots, which is like 25 miles an hour. That doesn't sound too fast. But the visibility was so poor and the ship was so big that the captain didn't really have time to respond to that iceberg. So it ended up that it only took two hours from the point of impact to when the Titanic sunk. So, of course, we all know they were short on lifeboats. Thank you, Leo. I'm sure the (laughs) captain, Edward Smith, was really wishing that he could just take him back the hour before he hit that iceberg to slow down and redirect that sinking vessel. He would have ached to have done things over and to have done it right the first time, but he was too late. Mm. And I really think a lot of Christian parents today are like Captain Smith. Hmm. They wish they could go back in time and redirect the faith of their children, but it's too late. And I'm with you, Janet. I think some of the exodus from the church, not all, um, God was a perfect father and Adam and Eve rebelled. They didn't obey him. But some of what we're seeing today is because they really didn't understand obedience. Their parents didn't slow down and tell them the why. Here's the problem. The problem with icebergs is that you can only see the tip, the real danger is under the surface. It lies Mm -hmm. in what you cannot see. So it might seem cute or funny when a toddler acts defiantly, but it's the tip of an iceberg. Mm -hmm. And you might tire of telling your kids to make their beds, so you just give up, but it's the tip of an iceberg. And sometimes we can even be tempted to overlook things like our daughter being smart-mouthed, for example, because we think it's just a normal phase Mm -hmm. of life. But I'm telling you, it's the tip of an iceberg. And from what we said earlier, you're not talking about making our kids 
be perfect, right? No. Like that's not the point. The point isn't the behavior. It's no. not, it's what's underneath that tip. Right, right. What's under the tip. So I want to share today three reasons why we need to obey. These are things you need to be talking to your daughters about and really talking to your own heart about. First thing, obedience proves what you believe. Hmm. Bam. Janet, did you ever hear that old song, that children's song? Obedience is the very best way to show that you believe. Come on, sing it now. Action is the key. Do it immediately. Mm-hmm. No, you didn't ever hear no. that one. All right, then <laughs> I'll stop hum. making a fool of myself. <laughs> All right, so if we, but if we go to the Bible instead of to my song, 1 Samuel 15, 22 <laughs> tells us that to obey is better than sacrifice. That's a mm. big statement right there. What God's trying to teach the Israelites here is that he wants them to obey far more than he wants them to pay for their sins through sacrifice. So he doesn't want them to experience the consequences of sin. Obey, he says. It's so much better than what you'll experience if you're sinful. That's so interesting how this ties in with last month's MomCast episode about sacrifice Mm. and just the heart behind sacrifice is what we're looking for. Yeah, you should listen to that if you missed it. Yeah, go check that out. Last episode about sacrifice. Shani Shani brings it... brings it awesome. So, um, but I think that really hits deep. I think it can be hard because what feels good in the moment is sometimes more appealing than what's actually best for us. Like that's right. Yeah. But if we truly believe that sin brings death, just like the Bible says it does, we have to live like we believe that, you know, I think those Israelites would have known, Hey, you know, that little lamb that my kids have really fallen for, that's the one whose life is on the line if I mess up. And if we truly believe that Jesus died for us, um, we live like we're grateful for it. We live like we're grateful for that sacrifice. Obedience is one way that we prove what we believe, that we believe what the Bible says is true. Remember that the next time you're driving in the fast lane, Janet. (laughs) (laughs) And remember that the world and the little ones are watching. I just heard some stats right now that millennials who are believers give like five times as much to charities as those who don't. And they Mm. say the number one reason they do is because they watch their parents donate money to charity. Mm. So they're watching you. They're watching the good and they're watching the bad. My mom, she always obeyed and she told us it was to show that she believed in Jesus. Mm. Wow. I remember that. Mom always obeyed? She did. Like I can remember um, she got like 12 cents too much at the Nittany Mall McDonald's when I was a kid. And she noticed when we were almost the whole way home, which before all the roads were new in our area, it was like forever to get from (laughs) Nittany Mall to my house. We drove back. We drove back because she said, we don't steal. The Bible says we don't steal. We drove back. I don't know what the gas would have cost. Not (laughs) what it does today. (laughs) But um, But- to return 12 cents because she got too much change. She was an example of obedience. Now, I probably shouldn't say she always obeyed, <laughs> but what I observed right. was a heart and a life of obedience. Right. And that taught you that it's worth it to it, obey, yeah. the blessing in that. Yep. Okay. Here's number two. Obedience demonstrates our love for Jesus Christ. Hmm. So in John 14, 15, you find that Jesus told his disciples that if they love him, they would obey his commands. That's what he says. If you love me, you will obey my commands. It doesn't get much clearer than that. Mm -hmm. If you love Jesus, you'll be constantly striving toward obedience. But here's something that I struggle with. Sometimes I feel tempted to do something and I think, God's just going to forgive me if I do this, okay? Mm -hmm. I mean... In full disclosure, I hate it when I think those thoughts, but I think them. I'm like, Mm -hmm. there's grace for this. 
What I do when I think that thought is I cheapen God's grace. I'm calculating how I'm going to be forgiven when I stop sinning. And isn't that an affront to the love of Jesus? Yeah. You know what? That verse, and I hear about that, that if you love me, you'll obey me. I've, I feel like parents can really feel that. Like when I look at my kids mm. and I told them to do something and they don't obey. And there's lots of different reasons, as we've said, they don't obey. But I can feel they don't trust me mm. and trust my love for them. Yeah. And that's one reason they haven't learned to obey yet. But my oldest daughter is getting to a point where she's like, oh, Mm. Yeah, what mom says is actually usually true and trustworthy. Mom knows something. <laughs> mom knows something. You're past yeah. those years where mom and dad have had the lobotomy. Right. It's been restored. Your <laughs> right. brain is back in there. Right. But I think it's easy to think of that when you talked about cheapening God's grace mm. and saying, well, I'll do this and God will forgive me later. Like, it's easy to think of that in relation to our kids and their sin. Like, you know, but I, I do that too. It may not be as tangible as I'm going to steal this piece of candy because God will forgive me later. Right. It's more like, I'm not going to fully tell the truth here, or right. I'm going to watch this show, or I'm going to give my husband the cold shoulder mm-hmm. because I know God's grace is there for me. And it may not be like a, a, a verbal thing I say, or even a linear thing I think. It's just this attitude in the back of yeah. my head. of Well, and our actions and our attitudes prove what we believe more than more than what we say we believe, right? right. Yeah. We're going to live out what we believe. Mm-hmm. So w- what I'm saying, I guess, is that we get to love God back mm. by living obediently. It demonstrates my love and respect for what Christ has done on the cross for me. And I do love him. I do love him. I want my actions to really say that I love him. Okay. Now, number three, this brings us to the kind of I guess, full circle impact of obedience. Because number three is obedience is the key that unlocks the door of blessing and direction in our lives. Now, Mm. when I say that, I realize that sounds like prosperity gospel. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying, (laughs) just be very careful. (laughs) Follow my trail with me, okay? (laughs) Get your new Tesla. Uh (laughs) Exactly. I'm not saying that. Those Mm -hmm. aren't the kinds of blessings that I think God wants us to seek after. If he gives you those blessings, that's awesome. You should be using them for his kingdom. But I see a lot of young adult women languishing. Mm. 20-somethings, 30-somethings, their lives just aren't exciting to them. And it's because when they were very young, they didn't learn to obey God, and they're still not obeying Him. They're trying to chart their own course. Mm -hmm. They want to decide what their life should look like, and they want to do it independent of God. Again, going back to that, they might want the fire insurance of salvation, but they don't want Jesus to be the Lord of their life saying, this is how I want you to spend your life. This is how I want you to spend your money. Mm -hmm. This is how I want you to spend your time. That thought is foreign to them. And because of that, obedience is just not second nature to them. So um, Janet, you could get ready to read this month's True Girl subscription key verse. It's from Psalm 32. Mm -hmm. Now, Psalm 32 is a penitential psalm. Did I say that right? Penitential? Penitential? Penitent. Penitent. It's a penitent psalm. Yeah. Yeah. It's when you say you're sorry. The, the, so. <laughs> yeah. That's the kind. That's the kind. <laughs> it reminds us that sin makes us miserable. Um, mm. David does a lot of, he does a lot of writing that helps us remember that. Mm-hmm. But it also reminds us that God forgives. So verses one to six describe confession of sin and the joy of forgiveness. Some scholars say maybe David was writing about Bathsheba here, but there's a little bit of disagreement on that. In verse eight, we begin to hear God's response to David's gratitude for forgiveness. Okay, so Janet, let's hear what God says in Psalm 32, eight and nine. Okay. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. 
I will advise you and watch over you. Do not be like a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and bridle to keep it under control. So essentially God's saying, I forgive you. And okay, now let's try obedience instead of having to go through all that work of repentance again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Basically, that's what he's saying here. And for David, that would have been an animal sacrifice. So God says, David, don't be stubborn like a horse that requires a bit and bridle to be controlled. And for us today, that bit and bridle might be more like, you know, circumstances and trials. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So you might find that your life doesn't pan out in any way, shape or form if God has to get out his proverbial bit and bridle for you. In this verse, he's saying to David and to us, follow me, listen to my voice instead of making me come at you with things that will control you. He's saying, I want to guide you to your best pathway in life. I want to watch over you. So obey me, follow me. Mm-hmm. That brings it back to the to obey is better than sacrifice. Scripture. Yeah. If you want your daughter to live a life of blessing, she needs to follow God's will for her life. You've got to teach her to obey. Okay. So let me recap those three, three points again. The first one was obedience proves what you believe. Mm-hmm. Secondly, obedience demonstrates our love for Jesus Christ. Yes. And thirdly, obedience is the key that unlocks the door of blessing and direction in our lives. Exactly. So good. What tools do you use to teach your daughter about obedience? This month, our True Girl subscribers are receiving The Barn Box. It includes everything you need to teach your daughter why obedience matters. As always, the highlight of every subscription box is the mom-daughter date, supported by a YouTube video from our lead teacher, Stacy Rudolph. Stacy's going to take your daughter to a horse farm to visit with equine trainer Megan Putnam. Together, they'll bring understanding about Psalm 32, 8 and 9. Remember, it reads, The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Do not be like a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and bridle to keep it under control. After the mom and daughter date, girls will spend the entire month immersing themselves in the why of obedience through our daily devotions, written by me, Dana, Janet, and other teachers we love. If you're not a subscriber, we invite you to join us starting this month. Subscribe today and we'll ship your first box, the Barn Box. This one's really packed full of discipleship tools, including a horse figurine paint kit from Briar, a great fiction book titled Winnie, The Horse Gentler, a bandana headband, and some horsey snacks. Basically, it's all designed to remind your daughter to hold your horses, girl, when she struggles to obey. Go to MyTrueGirl.com to subscribe today. You know, last night I gave the teaching for our online study for your Miriam Bible study book, Dana. We had a six-week online yeah. study um, for tween girls and their moms. Which you should know that we have online Bible studies <laughs> right. pretty much most of the time. We have one starting or in process. So if you have a tween daughter or a teen daughter, check it out at mytruegirl.com. So what yeah. what did you teach last night? Well, I, we were talking about Miriam, of course, because that's the subject yeah. of, of the book. And I talked to what I... I in my head, made up this thing called Miriam moments. And the whole concept is this. So Miriam, we don't need to tell you the whole story, but when... They um, probably know it. <laughs> you might know it. You might be familiar with it. If not, that's fine. You can find it in she Exodus like, 2. like the story of Moses. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Find it in Exodus 2 and you can read about it. But the story of baby Moses being put into the river in a basket, you know, his mom's protecting him from the evil Pharaoh. And Miriam says she stood from a distance and watched. And she saw that um, the princess, the Egyptian princess, found baby Moses and was going to take care of him. And I was reading that and I was like, okay, well, why didn't she just stop there? 
Mm-hmm. Like he was being taken care of. He was going to be fine. He was found by the princess and she had compassion on him. She didn't have a desire to hurt him. But instead, she took it one step further. And she went to the princess, this little slave girl <laughs> went to the princess. <laughs> she must have been terrified. Must have been. She had to have been being courageous, terrified to death. I would think so. And she went to her and said, can I, can I find, do you want me to find someone to nurse this baby for mm-hmm. you? And that led to Moses being able to be nursed by his own biological mother, prayed over, worshipped over, I'm sure, you know, Mm -hmm. by a mom who believes in the one true God instead of by an Egyptian princess or Egyptian um, slave girl or or whoever, somebody who doesn't believe in the one true God, nurturing him for those first valuable months of his life. And I thought about that in my own life, how I can obey but what what if I paused and said, how do I take this obedience even one step further mm. and not, again, to prove myself to anything, but just because I trust God that much more or maybe God wants to do even more Yeah. Um, if I would just take one step further into this obedience. One of the questions I get a lot from teenagers when we do our online studies and the topic always comes back to sex and relationships somehow with that age group is how far is too far? Hmm. So what they want to do is obey only as much as is necessary. Right. You know, they're just like, okay, so define for me how far I can actually get and still be in compliance. And you're saying that to have a Miriam moment is to say, okay, this is God's plan for my life with my gender, with my sexuality. Okay, how can I live that out really radically just to showcase his goodness and his glory and the way he makes me courageous in this world. Right. That was that was definitely how I lived. I felt like I wanted to take it as far as I could instead mm-hmm. of <laughs> I just didn't have an, an accurate view of obedience, you yeah. know, growing up. And it's not always something as big as as the decisions we're talking about with sexuality and things like that. Um, but it can be as simple as, you know, the other the other week I was in the gas station. We have sheets here. You might have Wawa. I don't know what you mm-hmm. have. But um <laughs> And there's a woman who needed help getting out the door because of Mm. of an injury in her leg. And that was great. And it blessed her a lot. But then it was like this Miriam moment of You held the door for her? I held the door for her, yeah. Hold two doors because, you know, super good Christian. (laughs) (laughs) And then I helped to get her her knee scooter into her car. And I could have done that and it would have been so great. Just like Miriam could have made sure Moses was safe. And that would have been really admirable. Her mom would have been so happy to know he was safe. Mm -hmm. But it was like... What else? Can, how can I take this one step further, mm. this obedience? So I just was like, what's your name? And she told me, and I said, let me pray for you right now. Because so I just prayed a mm. brief prayer for her, for peace for her and for her problems she was having with her ankle. And she would have been blessed by the physical acts. That would have been wonderful. And I'm sure she would have yeah. been blessed by it. But to take it one step further just created an open a door to a greater blessing, like your last point, that obedience is a key that unlocks the door of blessing and direction in our lives. Mm. And who knows what that did for her or how that encouraged yeah. her, I may never know. But just how can how does this obedience unlock the door to even more mm-hmm. blessing for both of us, really? Right, right. I love that. That is so good. Because obedience, we're not, we don't want to create legalistic girls and boys. That's right. that's exactly the point of this conversation is that we don't want that. Right. We don't want them to be appearing to comply to the standard. And then when mom and dad aren't there to uh, enforce the standard, there's no compliance because it's not in their hearts. Mm-hmm. It's not in their hearts. So I love that Miriam moments. Uh, you can only have a Miriam moment if your heart really is in the hands of the Lord. 
Do you think, I, I feel like with my own kids, and I'm curious in your experience now that you're a grandmama, <laughs> so they call you, do they call you grandmama? Nana Dana. <laughs> it's one word. Nana Dana. Nana Dana. Now that you're a Nana Dana. Um, I feel like I have, when I look at my kids, I have a couple of them who are very prone to obedience. They just have this like obedience thing. Um, one in particular is like, I will obey so help me God, because this shows that I'm a good person. <laughs> like just really by the rules, the by the personality order. bends that way. Right. And then I have another child who like, well, those are great rules, but I have a, a better way of doing things. Like mm -hmm. they just, you know, it's not rebellion even all the time. It's just not that natural thing for them to be the total rule follower like yeah. my other child. So there's a personality thing there where the kids who look really straight laced and by the book can look like they're just really super mm -hmm. obedient all the time. But right. we're learning this is about our heart. It's about our heart. Than, more than anything else. Right. Putting our hearts in his hands and saying, I truly believe that obeying the Lord is better than sacrifice. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Join us next month for Bible Basics Boot Camp on the True Girl Momcast. Have you ever felt intimidated by the Bible? Like the actual book. It's a lot of books within a book words and concepts that can be difficult to understand, names we don't usually say. Well, if you feel intimidated by it, imagine how your tween daughter feels. In next month's episode, Dana, Janet, and I are going to each share some of our own strategies and motivations for becoming comfortable with our Bibles and helping our daughters do the same. It's going to be good. So if you feel a little overwhelmed by teaching your daughter to read and study her Bible, you, my friend, are not alone.